Torah characterizes the day of Rosh Hashanah in two very different ways. In Parshas Emor, Rosh Hashanah is termed Zichron Trua. In Parshas Pinchas, Yom Trua. And no doubt that Parshas Pinchas Yom Trua seems to emphasize a day that is invested, that is replete with Keshofar. Parshas Emor, Zichron Trua, speaks about the impact, the remembrance of the Shmiya Sakal Shofar. And the Gemara Rosh Hashanah Dav Chavtes raises a very simple question that how do you account for the two psukim? The Gemara suggests that perhaps this is what we'll experience Bezra Hashem this year, that Rosh Hashanah which falls out on Shabbos. When Rosh Hashanah is on Shabbos, of course, we don't sound the Shofar, and therefore that Pasukinem or of Zichron Shua. Rosh Hashanah which would fall Bechol the very next day, then that is considered to be a Yom Shua. And indeed, this is true of our davening, this is true of Kiddush. Whenever Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, we utilize that very phrase of Parsha Zemor of Zichron Shua. The difficulty the Gemara points out is as follows. If this really is the meaning of the Psukim, that would indicate that this is true Min HaTorah. You only sound the Shofar when Rosh Hashanah is on a weekday and not when it falls out on Shabbos. But the Gemara quickly tells us that really is not true that Min HaTorah, there always is a Kol Shofar in Rosh Hashanah, even when it falls out on Shabbos. And indeed, the Mishnah tells us in the Beis Hamikdash, they would sound the Shofar categorically even on the day of Shabbos itself. We do not do so. When Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, but that is only a Din That is a Gzeira Deraba. It concerned that Deraba, the Chachamim had, that in fulfillment of the mitzvah of Tkia Shofar, you may come to carry the Shofar, and something which is stunning, that it is more important to safeguard the Kedush of Shabbos, even at the expense of Tukiah Shofar, and hence, we don't sound the Shofar when Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. When you leave that sugya, Hashanah Chavtes, but you're bothered by a very, very simple question. If that really is true, if this is only a Din and therefore really Min HaTorah, you always sound the Shofar in Rosh Hashanah, even on Shabbos, so how then do you account for the two psukim. Rosh Hashanah is always min HaTorah, a Yom Shua. Why then in Parsha Samar does the Torah tell us Zichron Shua? And that is something which is open that the Gemara doesn't explicitly address. There is a stunning comment of the Shibali Haleket, Reish Sadi Dalet, where Shibali Haleket maintains that perhaps really min HaTorah. We don't sound the Shofar on Shabbos, and the concern that one may come to carry is true min torah Sometimes the Torah itself has a concept of a siyag daraisa. Don't do A because it will lead to B. The Ran writes, the very beginning of Meseches Psachim, that why is it that a person cannot own chames during Pesach? The Ran writes, because after all, that that you may come to eat the chames because you're accustomed to doing so all year long. But that's stunning because possession of chames is forbidden min torah but yet the Ran writes, sometimes the Torah will forbid A because it could lead, lead to B. That's a concept of a siyag, a concept of a gzera. For Yosef Engel, Simenches, has a list of such cases as a siyag daraisa, precautions that are even found within the Torah itself. And Shiba Leket writes that maybe this is even true of Tkia Shofar, Min HaTorah. We don't sound the Shofar when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos. The concern is Shema Yavireno Daramos for Shusarabim. But indeed, 
the Gemara that we have, Rov, Rishonim, the Bavli, the that is not the case, that what we have explicit in the Gemara is that this is only a din, the Rabbanon. Minatorah, the shofar is sounded, ben bechol, ben b'shabes, and hence it begs the question that why then the Tupsukim? Why Parsha Zemur Zichron Shua, if indeed Rosh Hashanah is always characterized as a Yom Shua? Rav once explained that, you know, you can break down the mitzvahs of the Torah into two different categories. Typically speaking, the Torah, when it comes to a mitzvah say, demands a certain act, a maisa mitzvah. And by fulfilling, by performing that act, a person now is engaged in a kiyum mitzvah, the act of the mitzvah and the fulfillment of the mitzvah. Typically speaking, of course, they go hand in hand. If you're sitting at the Seder, and I ask you that how do you fulfill the mitzvah of matzah, well, it's a mitzvah, the Erev Tochla Matzahs, the Maisah mitzvah, the act is the consumption, Achilas Matzah. And what is the fulfillment of the mitzvah? Exactly, the Achilas Matzah. The act of eating and the fulfillment of the mitzvah, they go hand in hand. But, you know, perhaps there's another category, another class of mitzvahs, well, really, this is not the case. It's true that the Torah demands a requisite act, a Maisa mitzvah, but perhaps the Maisa mitzvah is a tool, it's a vehicle, it's a means to be able to attain what we call a true fulfillment, a kim ha-mitzvah. When it comes, for example, to Kriyashma, if someone were to ask me that what is the mitzvah of Kriyashma, I would tell you it is the rendition, the recitation of the Shema itself. Four different views in the Rishonim. How much of Kriya Shema is necessary in HaTorah? The first Pasuk, first Parsha, two Parshios, three Parshios. But the act of the mitzvah is the rendition, the recitation of Kriya Shema itself. But if I ask you, what is its focus? What is its thrust? What is the Kim mitzvah? It's not mere recitation, but rather, of course, it's Kabbalah Samalchu Shamayim. The recitation is necessary, but it is through the recitation that one experiences a sense of accepting upon themselves, Kaddish Baruch Hu, as indeed the Melech. If I were to ask you, is there a formula, is there a prescription for davening, for tefillah? Well, of course that's the case. There is a Maisa HaMitzvah. But you know what? But a tefillah in its essence is Avodah Shabalev, its service of the heart. How do you express serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu with your heart? The answer is that HaVyomer Zut Tefillah. And therefore, the Rambam writes, say for a mitzvah, mitzvah, the Rambam, perik aleph, halacha aleph, evochos tefillah, mitzvah, say the hispala b'chayom. You have to daven each and every day. That's the act of davening. But the fulfillment of the mitzvah is that broadest sense of avodah shabalev. This, I would say, also is true of simchas yantif. You know that each yantif, we're obligated to rejoice. The Rambam writes, even bizman hazeh, without a beis hamikdash, the mitzvah v'samachta v'chagech is min If I were to ask you, how do you fulfill the mitzvah? Rambam has a list. Perakvav v'chasyantev. When you have a Beis HaMikdash, well, of course, you ascend to Yerushalayim, you offer kabanos. V'zavachta shlomen v'achalta sham. V'samachta yifnei Hashem elokecha. L'ashabes is kriya satorah. B'zman hazeh, ein simcha ela b'yayin. The Rambam, ein simcha ela b'basar b'yayin. But I would tell you simply, all of that is a means, it's a tool in order that a person indeed rejoices on Yantif. The real Kiyom HaMitzvah 
the fulfillment of the mitzvah itself is an emotive response, an emotive quality. What a person feels during the time of Yantif. Indeed, the Mishnah tells us in Sanhedrin, there are many nihuge avelus, there are many details, rachman that bind an avel, that bind an onen. But the Mishnah tells us, ein aninus ela belei. The true experience of avelus is felt internally. So sometimes, whether it's Simcha or Avelus, Kriyash, Matfila, of course the Torah demands a requisite act, but the Kiyum HaMitzvah is an emotive response, something that a person feels, something that penetrates, something that is impactful. And those are the two different categories of mitzvahs. And if I were to ask you, what about the mitzvah of Shofar? Is Shofar identical to Matzah? In the sense that, yes, that there is a requisite act and that's it. A maisah mitzvah, kiyam mitzvah. Or would I argue that, you know, shofar is more similar to, for example, tefillah. Where, of course, there is a necessary act. But you know what? The avod is believed. Just as the Gemara tells us when it comes to tefillah itself. Ula avda b'chalavavchen. Ezu avod shebelev, haviyomar zu tefillah. Maybe in a certain sense, the same thing is true when it comes to Tkiah Shofar as well. An act of Tkiah Shofar, but yet the need to internalize the lesson, the significance, the message, the thrust, the scope of Tkiah Shofar. And those are the elements of this mitzvah. And here Rav Slavichik suggested the following. The Pasuk of Yom Shru, Aparsha of course, that emphasizes the act, the act of Tkiah Shofar. That certainly is true. It's necessary to be Tokeh B'Shofar. It's necessary to hear the requisite kolos. That really is true. However, there's a further tier, another level, and that is the impression, the response, the impact of the kolos. And there the Torah magnificently characterizes the day of Rosh Hashanah, not as Yom Tshu, but rather is zichron Zichra means the, the remembrance. The Tkir Shofar has to elicit a certain response. And, and therefore, it's not just simply a question of, did I hear the kolos? But rather, did I internalize the kolos? The message of the Shofar itself. And, and that is considered to be critical in terms of the scope of the mitzvah. And, and therefore, the two psukim, Yom Shru Zichron Shru, is not referring to Chol versus Shabbos. Min you'll sound the shofar even when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos itself. But it refers to two dinim, two elements, two kiyumim, two aspects of what shofar is supposed to represent. And here, in a real sense, there are many parallels of the mitzvah of Tkir shofar and the mitzvah of tefillah. And perhaps even more than parallels, that part of the mitzvah of shofar is that characterizes the avodah shabalei it's found in the Fyodom Abbas and Api Arif, Mesechesh Rosh Hashanah. Just an unusual observation. You know, when you look throughout all the sugyas of Shofar, you don't find explicitly the bracha on the mitzvah of Tkir Shofar. In fact, this was a significant debate in the Rishonim. What really is the proper text of the bracha on Tkir Shofar? 
Is it emphasizing the Shmia, Lishmoa Kol Shofar? Does it emphasize Ura Tam, the Tekiya Sashofar? Is the prefix Al, is the prefix Le? Significant, significant debate. The Roshim Sachim, Peragalav Seminyud, the Roshim Shoshana, Peragdalad Seminyud. But no doubt it's a glaring omission that you don't find in the Gemara, even though an entire Mesechta devoted to the Dinim of Rosh Hashanah, that explicitly discusses this bracha. The Balamor writes a stunning Chiddush, that Medina de Gemara, there was no bracha on the mitzvah of And that's why that omission speaks volumes. Why exactly is that true? The Balamor writes the following, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Dev discusses the very series of Shofar. You have the Tekios de Miyuma, Tekios de Miyusha. What exactly is that a reference to? We always assume as follows. The Tekios de Miyusha are the Tekios that are recited immediately after Kriya Satov. And even though our practice is to stand, but it's called Tekios de Miyusha because it's not within the Miskeras, the framework, the structure of a Shmonesrei. They're standalone. And therefore, Tekios de Miyusha. The Tekios that follow... In the context of Shmon Esrei, certainly in Chazor Sashatz, for some, even in the silent Shmon Esrei as well, but the framework, the context is Shmon Esrei, those are the Tkios, Dimiumar. The Balamor writes, that's not true. In the time of the Gemara, the first kolos that they would sound were the kolos within the framework of the Shmon Esrei. Those were the first kolos you would hear in the Rosh Hashanah Dabi. That would be significantly late, hours after the davening started. The Balamor says that that posed a particular problem. That, you know, people could come to shul, right? Obviously, there before davening started, but, you know, they could be in shul for hours and wouldn't hear a single call. Imagine there could be certain individuals who, for whatever reason, would end up leaving shul somewhat early. The person was elderly, the person was not well, the person could not stay. They wouldn't hear even a single a single goal. So the Balamor writes the following. Because of that concern, subsequently, the Chachamim instituted 30 kolos after Kriya Satara, before the Shmon but those were only instituted later. That was not part of what the Gemara refers to as the Tkius de Miyushav and the Tkius de Miyumad. Well, that's the Chiddush of the Balamor. Medina de Gemara, the first time the shofar was sounded was within the brachos of the Shmon And therefore the Balmer writes such a beautiful Chiddush that you know what? In that time, there was no bracha on the mitzvot ke shofar. To say it differently, the Balmer writes, the Shmon the Malchias Sichronos and Shofros of the Tefillah served as the bracha on the mitzvah of Tkeshav. Subsequently, when all of a sudden we introduced standalone kolos outside of the structure of Shmon Esrei, it was a double shift. Number one, earlier kolos. But number two, if you're sounding the shofar without Shmon Esrei, Malchis, Ruchonos, and Shofros, well, you have to recite a bracha. And hence, a later institution of a bracha on the Kol Shofar. And therefore, understandably, the language not referenced in the Gemara, 
and indeed many different views in the Rishonim, what is the most appropriate text, the Nusach HaBracha, because this was indeed a later, a later institution. I'll tell you somewhat of a parallel, the view of Rav Amram Why is there no bracha on the mitzvah of Kriyashma? Rav Amram writes, what do you mean? That's what Birchos Kriyashma are. The brachos of Shachris, the brachos of Maru, Birchos Kriyashma, serve as a bracha on the Kriyashma itself. And you know what the view of Ramagon quoted by the Rush? That if for whatever reason you're reciting Kriyashma standalone, outside of the structure of those brachos, you have to recite a separate bracha, a shared Kriyashana Mitzvah Kolzman, as long as you're reciting in the framework of Tfila, the brachos of Tfila cover the Kriyashma. But otherwise not. We don't assume as that Rav Amrugam. But the Balamor writes, that's true when it comes to Tekeh Shofar. But stunning. The brachos of the Shmon Esrei serve as the brachos on the Mitzvah Shofar. Now, imagine I would tell you that don't recite a bracha on eating matzah. Kiddush serves as a bracha on matzah. The brachos of Mariv serve on the matzah. You, you would say, certainly not. What exactly is the connection between? But the Balamor writes, the brachos of Shimon serve as the brachos for Tkiyash Where do you see this is true? That inherent, that intrinsic link between the Tfilah Sayon and the Tkiyash And perhaps the answer are those two words. Zichron Shrua. Zichron Shrua. Davodu Shabalev. Indeed, Rashi writes that Apostle goes Zichron Shrua. Zichronos. Shofros. Built into the Mitzvah of Shofar, is that element of the Tefillah Sayon. And, and, and therefore, the stunning view of Balamor, that it's not merely a mitzvah to sound or to hear the kolos of the Shofar, but beyond that, it has to penetrate. You have to internalize. There has to be a kium shebelay. And, and in that sense, the two elements of the mitzvah of Shofar. You know, the Gemara discusses the very end of Meseches Psachim, Rosh Hashanah, Dev Chavches, the sugi of mitzvos trichos or mitzvos in trichos kavan. When a person performs a mitzvah, of course, of course, ideally, he should be mindful of the fact that he's doing so because HaKadosh Baruch Hu has commanded me to. And this is true of every mitzvah. You're doing so because of its Sivu Yashem. Whether it's a mitzvah ben Adam or even a mitzvah ben Adam Lachavero as reasonable as Nicham Avelim, Bikr Cholim, but we do so because there's a Tzivu Yashem. And, and therefore one should have in mind, one performs the mitzvah, that yes, that I'm doing so. The Shem Mitzvah. What happens if a person performs the act of the mitzvah, but you know what? That Kavana is lacking. Ideally, of course, it must be present, but Bidiyavit. Is he Yotze? Or is he not Yotze? You know what's a machlokas tanaim in those gemaras? A machlokas amaraim? A machlokas rishonim? Two days in Shulchan Aruch and Simen Samach? How, how indeed do we baskin? You know, there seems to be even somewhat of a contradiction in Shulchan Aruch. The Mechaber writes in Simen Samach that mitzvahs require kavana. When you say kriyashma, kavana is critical. The Mechaber writes in Tav when it comes to the mitzvah of Sfiris Omer, Perhaps you fulfill the mitzvah of Svira Summer even without the requisite intent, even without kavana. That's the Shulchanach that you know. A person asks you, what night of Svira is it? The Mechaberites don't say tonight is, say yesterday was, because maybe by saying tonight is, you fulfill the mitzvah. In other words, that 
you fulfill the mitzvah even without kavanah. An interesting issue, a theme for a separate shir, that how does that fit? How do you reconcile that apparent contradiction? The Rambam, when it comes to Svir Somer, what the Mechaber writes as opposed to the case of Kriyashma. I'll ask you a simple question. What is the Rambam's view regarding this broader issue? This was Tzrichos Kavana, this was Ein Tzrichos Kavana. You know, the answer is not so simple. The Rambam writes in Perekvav Halacha Gimel, when you eat matzah, have in mind you're doing so, because the Torah tells us, the heir of What happens if a person ate matzah without kavana? What happens if a person was forced to eat matzah? The Rambam writes, bottom line, your yotze. Kafu vocha matzah yotze. Your yotze, the mitzvah of matzah, even without, even without kavana. You know what's difficult? When you look in the Rambam in Elchoshofer, Perek Be'ez Halochadalid, the Rambam is clear that shofar requires kavana. You're not going to fulfill the mitzvah of shofar without the appropriate mindset. Matzah without, but shofar requires absolute kavana. Oh, that's the question of the Magad Mishnah and others. How do you resolve this difficulty, difficulty in the Rambam? Ramslavachik suggested exactly, exactly that distinction. You know, matzah was an example that I gave of a mitzvah where the act of the mitzvah, the maizah mitzvah, the fulfillment of the mitzvah, the kiyama mitzvah, are one and the same. When they're inherently bound, maizah mitzvah, kiyama mitzvah, you know, I can argue that if a person performs the act of, the mitzvah is fulfilled. And even though ideally that's true, kavan is necessary, but minimally, bidyevit, you'd be say, even without. But imagine, for example, what the Rambam writes in Hilchus Tefillah. You're going to daven without any kavana. You're going to tell me the mitzvah is fulfilled because mitzvah saints richos kavana. The Rambam writes the essence of tefillah is the kavana saleh. Imagine tefillah without, without kavana. Maybe you can argue that there's eating matzah without kavana. But tefillah without kavana. Imagine a person were to engage in Kriyashma without any Kavana whatsoever. Perhaps one could argue, Kabbalah Samalchu Shamayim without, without any Kavana. How could that be? How could that be? By essence, by definition, the Kim is a Kim Shabalev. And, and therefore, in those cases, Kavana is absolutely necessary. If that really is true, perhaps that's the answer to that apparent contradiction, that steer in the Rambam. When it comes to matzah, I understand that you can be outside the mitzvah of matzah, of gimel, even without kavana. But shofar, shofar without kavana. Shofar is not merely a yom trua, zichron trua, zichron trua without any kavana. That's zichron trua. The zikaron means its substance, the remembrance, the impact. How can that possibly be if a person just hears a distant sound and doesn't do so with earnest? And therefore, maybe it's not a contradiction at all. The just as nechos tefillah, the Rambam assumes that, of course, that mitzvah's trichos kavana, the same is true when it comes to the mitzvah of tekiah shofar as well. You know, when you look in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah and Achavav there the Gemara emphasizes the shape of the shofar. A shofar is not a straight 
a straight instrument, a straight horn, but rather it is kafuf, it is bent, it is curled. Why exactly is that true? The Gemara says that because after all, the more a person is bent, the more impactful. Rashi has one word. Rashi writes, when a person davens, when you daven before HaKadosh Baruch especially during the Amnarayim, you don't daven in an erect posture. You daven somewhat bent. Rashi writes that it's not at all a coincidence. The posture of an individual in the Tefillah Sayon is the shape of the Shofar. And therefore the Shofar itself is Kafal. And if you look at the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, just on the earlier Amad, that was Chafav Mabez, Chafav Amaralith, the Gemara tells us the following. There are many different types of horns that can be used for the Shofar. But the Gemara tells us, one nut. Do not use a Karen shell para. A Karen shell para. Why not? The Gemara says, you know, that's reminiscent of Cheta Egel. And how can one use a shofar that somehow is reminiscent of the Cheta Egel? You know what that principle is called? In Kategarnase Sanego. That which is coming to our defense should not be a basis of accusation. And therefore, not to use a Karen Shapara. Just as on Yom Kippur, when the Kohen Gadol enters the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Kohen Gadol does not wear the golden clothing of the Big Day Zahav. Because Yom Kippur, entry into Kodesh HaKadoshim, wearing gold, reminiscent of the Chet of the Egel HaZahav, in Kategor the Gemara has an obvious question. Really, on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol never wears the golden clothing the big days of? Of course he does. Multiple times that the clothing are changed. In the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Kohen Gadol does not wear big days of. But outside, certainly yes. Meaning that that concern, in Kategor Senegar, is limited to the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But that which occurs outside is not. So how can you apply it to Tekiah Shofar? Tekiah Shofar is not in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Tekiah Shofar, we blow in our shuls outside of Mikdash as well. Why should that be bound by this principle of, no, nothing that is reminiscent of the Chet HaEgel? Because ain't Kategar Nasasanegar. How can that be? That's only true in Kodesh HaKadoshim. It's not true elsewhere. You know what the Gemara answers? The sound of the shofar is comparable to the avoda, which is done in the Kodesh HaKadosh. In what sense is that true? Rav Salvechik explained that Gemara based on the Sigin Brachos and Aflamid. Wherever you're davening, you know, position yourself facing Beis Amigdash, facing the Gorites, Brachos Taflamid, the Kodesh HaKadoshim. That is the direction of all of our tefillah. Tekiah Shofar is not simply a mitzvah of tekiah. It's part of the tefillah sayon. Part of the tefillah sayon. Kevin Dilizikaronu. Kalif Nimdam. 
and therefore whatever applies in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is relevant to the mitzvah of That would not be true if you only had the Pasuk and Parshas Pinchas of Yom Tru. But that's the significance of Zichron Tru. Kevon de la Zikaron. Kelifnim Dami. And therefore, we don't use the Karen, the Karen Shalpara. If you look in the Ritva, the Ritva also points out the stunning nature of the mitzvah of Tkei The Gemara Sukkah and Dartes discusses the following. Can a person fulfill a mitzvah when the object of the mitzvah was stolen? I'll use a lulav hagazal. I'll use a carbon that was stolen. So that's where the Gemara describes the Sugin Sukkah and Daflamid, the problem of mitzvah haba ba'aver. A person cannot go and attempt to do a mitzvah vaya through the tool, the vehicle of an avera. So if I steal a carbon, so one would not be allowed to use that as a carbon. A mitzvah ba'aver. The Gemara tells us, Sukkah you can't fulfill the mitzvah if you sit in a stolen sukkah. You will not be yotzi with a sukkah gzula. You know what's problematic? How do you know that that's true? That you can't use a stolen sukkah. That Gemara Sukkah Davtes, the Gemara quotes a pasuk. Chakatosukah lecha is lahotzies hagzula. Tosus raises the following question. Sukkah Davtes why do you need a separate pasuk to tell me that you don't fulfill the mitzvah if you sit in a stolen sukkah? is not obvious. The Gemara Sukkah and Aflamid tells us a broad principle, which is called mitzvah haba the avera. So if you can't use a stolen carbon and you can't use a stolen lulav, why do you need a pasuk to say that you can't fulfill the mitzvah if you sit in a stolen sukkah? Why is the Pasuk necessary? That's Tosus's question. And Tosus answers that the concept of Mitzvah Babar is only a Dindarabanan. Oh, and that's why the Gemara needs a Pasuk to tell us Minhatari, you don't fulfill the Mitzvah if you sit in a stolen sukkah. But that's such a Chiddush. It's clear from the Tosus later in Sukkah Daflam and Aleph that Mitzvah Babar is Minhatari, not just simply a Dindarabanan. So if you look in the Ritva, and those two sugyas, sugadaftes, sugadaflamid. The Ritva has a magnificent answer in the name of the Balayatosis. We don't have this in Tosis, but the Ritva quotes this. Mitzvah Habab does not apply to every mitzvah. It only applies to a certain category of mitzvahs. The Ritva writes in the Balayatosis, it only applies to a mitzvah, which is ba'ah l'ratzes. It's for the purpose of ritzu. It's part of supplication. When a person offers a karban, the karban is part of the person's attempt of literally a karban, becoming closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, securing ritzu, securing kapara. How could you do that via an avera? You know, you see from that ritva something unusual, oh, a theme for another shir, that the mitzvah of Lulav and Esther is not just merely a mitzvah snitila. 
but rather it's a mitzvah which is balaratzas. It's part of our supplication. After all, we incorporate Natilas Lubanesar again, davening in, in Hallel. It's a mitzvah which is balaratzas. And the Ritva gives us a third example, Sukkadaf Lamed, of a mitzvah which is balaratzas. Just like that's the purpose of a karabon. The Ritva writes the same is true when it comes to Tekiah Shalfa. It's not just a mitzvah like eating matzah, but rather it's part of our tefillah sayom. It's part of our supplication. Imagine approaching a Kaddish Baruch Hu in tefillah with that which is secured illicitly. Maybe then you could apply the concept of a mitzvah in principle, in principle, yes. The Ritva writes near the Baliatosis that doesn't apply to sukkah. Sukkah is a mitzvah of yeshiva basukkah. And I wouldn't have applied the principle of mitzvah babavim. That's why a sukkah is necessary. The Chiddush is stunning that mitzvah babavim does not apply to every mitzvah, only mitzvah sushabalaratzos, but the application is fascinating. Which mitzvahs are included in that, in that category? Which mitzvahs are candidates for mitzvah babavira? Karban, lulav, shofa, shofa. You know, the Rambam quotes a stunning comment to the Rishami. If a person steals a shofar and he sounds the shofar, the Rambam writes, he is Yotze. But the Rambam writes for a very, very different reason. This is found in the Rishami and Gimel of Sukkah. Because what is the mitzvah shofar? The Rambam writes time and time and time again, the mitzvah of shofar is not the tekiyasa shofar, but the shmiyasa kol, hearing the sound of the shofar. And the Rambam writes, ein bakol din gezer. The sound was not stolen. Hmm. The shofar, yes, but the sound not. That's Yerushalmi. But this ritva is something that is quite important. That if I had to characterize the mitzvah shofar, it's a mitzvah which is balaratzos. And if you'll ask me, what is the source of that? Where do you see that that's true? You know what I would answer? Hmm, Parsha Sema. Not really Yomchru, but Zichron Chru. Zichron Chru. Zichron means the impact, the remembrance. That is the significance of. And therefore, and therefore, it is in that limited class of mitzvahs, like offering a karba. That's the uniqueness of the mitzvah of Shofa. When you look in the Gemara, the very end of Meseches Rosh Hashanah, Dafla Medalid, the Gemara describes a person who has to make a difficult choice. He has to decide, you know, where to position himself. Where did Davin and Rosh Hashanah? Community A has a shofar, but Community A does not have a machzah. So Community A will have to get a shofar, but they won't have the tefillah, the malchis, the chronos, and shofros. Community B We'll have Malchus, Rechonash, and Shofros. But they don't have a Shofar. So somehow, if I have to choose between those two unfortunate options, uh, what would you choose? The Gemara writes, position yourself where there's a Shofar. Shofar outweighs the Malchus, Rechonash, and Shofros. The Gemara goes a step further. Even if I'm not sure if they have a Shofar, it's a suffix, but the possibility that they do would outweigh the Malchus, the Chronos, and the Shofros. Why is that true? 
The Gemara writes, because Tkiyah Shofar is Min HaTorah. And the Malchus, Sechkarnas and Shofros, is a Dindar Abanan. So you have to choose between one or the other Shofar. That's what the Gemara seems to say, pretty black and white, that Malchus, Sechkarnas and Shofros, the recitation of those parts of Shemon Esrei, only Durabanan. And Rav Slavichuk was bothered by the following. Only Durabanan. The recitation of the Zichronos and Shofros is only a Din Durabanan. Look at the Rashi. And that Pesach in Parshas Amor. Zichron Truah. Rashi writes, Zichronos, Shofros. It doesn't sound from Rashi that that's only a Takana Durabanan. That's the meaning of the Pesach, of Zichron Truah. Why does the Gemara simply assume that it's only a Dinder Abanan? Rosalvechus suggested the following, stunning. Malchus, Zichronos, and Shofros are Min HaTorah, Zichron Shruah. But when is that the case? Only when it's accompanied with the Yom Shruah. When there's the sound of the Shofar. In a community where there is no Shofar, the quality of the tefillah is impacted because it's the combination of the Yom Shua together with the Zichron Shua. That's why the Gemara writes, a kehila, community without a shofar, the Zichronos, the Shofros, is only relegated to a Dindarabah. But when you have a Tkir Shofar and you have the Seder Habrachos, there you have the Malchis, Zichronos, and Shofros together with its Brachos. Oh, in such an instance, that is the key in HaTorah of Zichron Shrua and Yom Shrua. And this is the fascinating nature, nature of Tkir Shofar is not just merely a Gzeris HaKosov. Isn't what the Rambam writes? in Elchus Shuva? Uri Yishin Mishin Aschen. It's a call. You have to internalize that lesson to understand significantly what the essence, what the nature, what the purpose of indeed the Kol Shofar is. You know, there's a stunning comment of Rashi. The Gemara in two places in Rosh Hashanah. And later on, Daflam and Gimel, you know, discusses this. You know, imagine a person blows a single call, very, very long, and wants that single call, that single tkia, to serve a dual purpose. Let's assume, for example, I do the following. You know, I blow a tkia, shvarim, trua, tkia, that final tkia. That's called a tkia lachareha. And what's the next call I have to blow? Another tkia. So instead of blowing one tkia, and then blow a second tkia, you know what? Let me blow a very, very long, long tkia. Mashach bishona kishnai. And let it serve as A and B. Half is A, and a half is B. So that's what that Gemara comments, Chavav, Lamed Gimel, that does not work. That does not work. That is not going to count for two different colors. Maybe it will count only as one call, or, or maybe one can argue it's not even reckoned at all. When the Mishnah and Gemara tell us it counts as one, it means the initial one, not that one. But a person who attempts to blow a very, very long call shofar, it should serve as the conclusion of this and the introduction to that. Oh, so in such a case, 
that would be insufficient. Rashi has a very cryptic comment. Well, what exactly does it mean that you blew a very long call and you want it to serve as the conclusion of A and the beginning of B? What is A and what is B? What is A and what is B? Rashi writes something very unusual. Rashi writes, you blew the call and you wanted it to be the last call of the Malchias and you wanted it to be the first call of the Zichronos. That sounds very unusual. Rashi writes that twice. In the Gimel. <laughs> that sounds very unusual. You know, you're in Shul from Alchias. They sound the Shofar. Then, yes, the next caller is for Zichronos. But you know what? This is in the middle of Shmon in the middle of Chazar Sashatz. You know, there's a good 15 minutes in between the Malchios and the Zichronos. That must be an awfully long, long call. Now, how can it be? The end of Malchias, the beginning of Zichronos. But they're not, they're not blown together. What Rashi is referring to, the Kolos after Kriya Satora, where they're all blown together. You know, it's difficult with that. Yeah, it's truly blow 30 Kolos together. But are they Malchias? Are they Zichronos? When we say Malchias, Zichronos, and Shofros, aren't we just referring to the Tekiyos, which are Al Seder HaBrachos? So I'll tell you a fascinating possibility according to Rashi. And as I mentioned, Rashi writes this twice. Chafav, Lamed Gimel. But you know what? Maybe Zichron Shrua, the breakdown of Malchi, Zichronos, and Shofros, is true even without the Brachos of Shmon Even in the Tekios that are Tekios de Miyushav. The wordless, the unspoken tefillah, the voiceless tefillah of the shofar is itself zichron true. It is itself malchi zichronos and shofros. Not merely a reference to the brachos who recite in between. If that's the case, how can you bridge? But rather it means the essence, the nature of shofar in and of itself is not only a yom true, but it's also a zichron, a zichron true. And I will tell you that Shofar is not really a mitzvah. But Shofar characterizes the essence of Rosh Hashanah. We don't refer to Sukkot as a simply a day in which you fulfill the mitzvah of Sukkot or a day of Lulav. We don't refer to Pesach as a Yom of Matzah, even though there's a mitzvah of Achilas Matzah. But we characterize the day in terms of the mitzvah shofar, as a yom tru, as a zichron tru. And it's clear from the Gemara that the kolos of the shofar reflect a certain tension, a certain dialectic that's found in the time of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah on the one hand is a yantif, and there's a mitzvah of simcha. Imagine Rachman of a person is an avel, and all of a sudden it is now Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah cancels Shiva. Rosh Hashanah has the ability to sever Avelos. Tosos writes, Simcha severs Avelos. Apparently that yes, that a mitzvah of Simcha, as the Rambam so strongly implies, even on Rosh Hashanah, even on Yom Kippur. But at the same time, it's a Yom Hadin. The kolos that we sound of the Shofar, the Tkia represents a great sense of simcha. 
וביום שמחסכם, ומועדיכם, ראשי חדשיכם, ותקעתם. Sure, the Gemara points out, citing the Targum, Yom Tria Lechem, Yom It's a day of Bechia, a day of crying. The reason we blow a Shram and a Trua is because there are two different forms of cries. Gnuche Gola, Hamon, crying in shorter spurts. And that's the Shvarim, and that's the Trua. The Tkia represents the Simcha of. The Trua represents the Yom Yavavyelachon, the seriousness of a Yom Hadin. No one has to balance those two motives. Tshuva is an obligation, but it's an opportunity. An opportunity that gives rise to enormous, enormous simcha. An opportunity to be able to regroup. An opportunity to be able to mend. An opportunity to rectify. An opportunity to be able to fulfill ooh, that which will in the Shabbos of a Shavta Hashem Elokecha an awesome responsibility, but a magnificent opportunity. And that is signified in the Simcha and the Bechi of the Kol Shofa. Is there an element of Bechi and Rosh Hashanah? Absolutely, yes, but it has to be surrounded by a Pshut Lefana, a Pshut Lachareha, a Tkiah before and a Tkiah afterwards. And I would highlight the following statement of the Medrash. You know, Hmm. The Midrash in Barsha Sazinu points out an apparent contradiction. Hazinu Hashamayim Vadabera, the Sishma Haaretz Imrefi. Two different terms are used for hearing. One is Hazinu and one is Visishma. Shmia and Haazana. Hazinu Hashamayim, when it comes to Shamayim, Ha'azinu, when it comes to the Sishma Ha'aretz, the land and Shemiah. The Medrash Rabbah quotes Astira, the very beginning of Sefer Yeshaya, the Haftorah, the beginning of Chumash Tvarim. Shimu Shamayim, Vazini Eretz. Shmi is mentioned in reference to Shamayim. Hazini Eretz means when it comes to here, this land, Eretz, all of a sudden, Ha'azana. So the Medrash Rab and Hazina was bothered. What exactly is the difference between Shmi and Hazana? And why that apparent contradiction between Perak Aleph of the Navi Yeshayi and Parshas Hazinu? When it comes to Shemaim and Aretz, the terms, the terms flip. Ooh, the Medrash quotes Rabbi Yekiva. It gives the following answer. When you hear something, you can hear it in two different ways. One is a distant, a distant sound. You hear something from a distance. The other is you hear something up close, personal. Not barachot, but karav, karav. Rabbi Akiva says the following, that ha'azana is when you hear something up close. Shmiya means you hear something which is at a distance at a distance. And therefore the Medrash explains as follows, the Navi Yeshaya, incredible Navi Yeshaya, but yes, but the Navu was somewhat distant. Yeshaya was here. Yeshaya was not in Shamayim. So therefore, Shemu Shamayim, distant, as in the Aretz, Moshe Rabbeinu, Bashamayim, 
Arsinai, the Kabbalah Satora. Moshe, who was Bashamayim, that's what Rabbi Kiva writes. The Hazana was Bashamayim. The Sishmaris, that was distant. That's the resolution of Rabbi Akiva. But important for us, no doubt, those terms. Shmi as opposed to Hazana. And therefore, in that light, I would suggest that's how Chazal were Koveya. The very Nusach Abracha. Kiata Shomea Kol Shofar Umazintru. Umazintru. Kajbarach who hears the sound of the Shofar, of course. But Mazintru, Yom The true represents a person engaged in, at times, the difficult pursuit of Chuvah. Yom Yovavyelacham, a time of Bichia, a time of crying, Shvarim, Trua, Gnuchegonach, Yilu Yalil. But that is up close. Vishavta Ara Shemakecha, Inayin the Chuva Shemagas Ad Kisehakavar. Shuva Yisrael Ad Hashem Lakecha, not El Hashem Lakecha. And therefore, oh, that significance characterizes the very day. This is not only true of the Mitzvah Shofar, but in essence, the mission statement of each one of us as we approach HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we balance on Rosh Hashanah. The great sense of Simcha as the opportunity of Dir Shu Hashem Behim the opportunity of Lifnei Hashem Titaru, but the awesome responsibility of Veshav Tad Hashem Elokecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us that tool, the speechless, the voiceless, Kol Shofar, Kol Shofar that is not only the Yom Tru, but the Zichron Tru, the fact that it's so impactful, the fact that it characterizes the Siyantif of Rosh Hashanah. That the Yantif should be one which is so impactful, characterized not merely as the act of Yomchu, but something that penetrates, something that permeates, something which is the absolute fulfillment of that term in Parsha Sema, the convergence, the confluence of the Koshal from Yomchu with the impact, with the Shmiya cycle, with internalization of the message of Shalfa is indicated in the phrase of Zichron Shur. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much, Rabbi Sachs. Thank you. Thank you.